0: Welcome to Ayurvedic Healing and Beyond podcast. My name is Vignesh Devraj, an Ayurvedic doctor and holistic health coach. Each week, we share wisdom or interview an inspiring personality to guide you become your healthiest self. Remember, your health is your greatest asset. In this episode, I am interviewing Julia Monosova, a wellness coach and a plant-based chef on the topic of cravings and intuitive eating. We discuss the dynamics of cravings, are cravings bad in general, why we have cravings for certain unhealthy food and how to come out of it. We also explore how to minimize the severity of withdrawal symptoms once we give up certain foods or substances to which we were addicted and also how to sustain balance in our body. A very interesting episode packed with lots of practical wisdom. Hope you like this podcast. And now we go over to Julia. Hello, Julia. I'm so happy to have you in my podcast. And I'm so curious to learn about intuitive healing and all the courses that you do and help people to become their healthiest self. So before I get into the questions, Julia, I want to know what is the story behind what got you into helping people about. Intuitive eating.
1: Hi, Vignesh. Uh, thank you so much for having uh, me as a guest uh, at your podcast. I've listened to uh, some episodes. And I really, I'm a big fan of yours by now. You. And I really love how open-minded you are and that you welcome uh, different uh, practitioners as your main purpose is to help people. doesn't matter... Which uh, system of healing we use, as long as it helps, let's do it. And I really, really like those practitioners because in the West, mm-hmm. um, I noticed uh, that a, uh, Ayurvedic practitioners are very strict and they think that Ayurveda is uh, something that uh, works for everyone and everyone should practice Ayurveda, and that's it. And I was very, very surprised to know that there is an Ayurveda practitioner who is very open minded to other modalities. So thanks again for having me
0: Welcome, here.
1: Uh, yeah, so my story, how I got into it, uh, I moved to the United States 15 years ago. Originally, I'm from Ukraine. Mm-hmm. And once I moved to the US, um, I was very confused with the way people eat and what they eat and with the variety of food they have in the United States. In Ukraine, um, at least at that time when I lived, um, Uh, we just ate mainly Ukrainian food. So Mm -hmm. uh, especially uh, when I grew up, we had local food only. We were growing our food. Everything was organic and local and seasonal. And then um, when I came to the United States, we uh, had access to, like, let's say for breakfast, we could have Italian food for lunch, Japanese for dinner, Thai food. It was so confusing. And you can get uh, pineapples in winter, which is in new york city you know first of all it's not local for new york city second it's like it just was very very confusing and of course i started having uh health issues or digestive issues and it started my um journey in uh, nutrition and healing uh, natural healing or holistic healing started with healing myself uh, first of all my mind was confused and then my body uh, started feeling um after effect of eating like um, americans do and that led me to go through different uh systems of healing uh, ayurveda raw food uh, macrobiotics mm-hmm. and i learned quite a bit from each of them mm-hmm. but the main one uh that really resonated with me um uh, uh, the most is uh, macrobiotics and in my approach I use it as a base. I really like the universal principles that they use but I also take what makes sense and what overlaps mm-hmm. and also depends on a person I work with um, take some knowledge from other systems of healing that I studied, and also I studied a little bit of traditional Chinese medicine, natural hygiene and others.
0: <laughs> okay so you in a nutshell you know, your trip to United States and the confusion with what to choose to eat and so many options is what got you into this. Am I correct?
1: Yeah, and just my body felt weird, you know. Mm -hmm. I didn't feel comfortable in my body, like eating pineapples in winter, but it was so exciting, Mm -hmm. you know, to be able to eat in pineapples in winter, but my body didn't feel right and not much energy. And like, you know, just... I felt off so mm-hmm. I started seeking that to heal okay. myself and naturally once um, I actually once it worked for me I started practicing out of my friends and um, you know the results were very successful a lot of things that uh, doctors couldn't heal <laughs> uh, were healed easily like within a few months of practicing macrobiotic diet or um, whatever i was teaching at that moment because i don't teach strict microbiotic i have broad approach and mm-hmm. it was very fascinating so then uh, it spread by word of mouth and mm-hmm. you know people started booking me for healing cooking for lectures and other things and i still you know i still learn and i still consider myself a student i've been learning about it for about uh 12 years um, mm-hmm. the nutrition and things like that but i'm still learning and there is a lot the more i learn the more i understand that how little we know and it's like a yes. uh, lifelong
0: process we all are students of life you know? <laughs> exactly <laughs> <to> so <laughs> julia i'm curious to know about the concept of intuitive eating okay and the, mm-hmm. why i'm talking about intuitive eating because sometimes we are told that cravings are not good you know this is like a myth or we don't know what is the reality When I want something, when I crave for something, is it something genuinely good for myself or is it something that I want to do it for entertainment? So, is craving bad? I want to know your take on that.
1: Well, cravings is a very um, broad topic. And um, actually, um, you know, cravings is not that bad or not as bad as we think or used to think. Cravings are actually a way our body communicates with us. They are a way we seek balance Mm -hmm. and align with nature. For example, in warm uh, or hot, dry weather, we uh, have cravings for water. So we Mm -hmm. get thirsty, right?
0: Mm -hmm. That's
1: how we balance ourselves out with the environment. Mm -hmm. So it's not a bad thing, right, Mm -hmm. in this uh, respect.
0: So you say, um, okay. You say that when you're in your hot climate, you, you if you're dehydrated, yes, you need the you need to drink more water. But mm-hmm. how about some people say, no, I crave for junk food, I crave for alcohol, I crave for too much sugar. So would you consider that as the way the body is needing something that is unhealthy? Why, how would we justify that?
1: So um, there are um, we call it. Uh, there are two main dynamics of cravings and uh, um, this one now let's start with the yin and yang uh, dynamic. So in macrobiotic, uh, our whole system is based on interplay of two uh, opposite yet complementary energies of yin and yang. And uh, or in other words, expanding and contracting energies. Mm-hmm. So I'm not going to go into much details about it. People can learn online if they like. There is uh, plenty of information. But uh, we divide our food on... Um, Uh, food that um well in a nutshell let's put it this way there is balancing food and there is extreme yin Mm -hmm. or extreme uh food that has extreme expanding energy and extreme yang that has extreme contracting energy Mm -hmm. so in macrobiotic we suggest people to eat mainly at the balancing point uh, Mm -hmm. those foods that we um Uh, teach people about that have balancing effect on the body however in modern world a lot of people live uh, on the edge Uh, they eat uh, extreme yin and extreme yang uh, foods Mm -hmm. and let me give you a few examples so you understand so extreme yin would be alcohol Uh, medication, sugar, and things like that, extreme yang food uh, will be animal foods, cheese, baked stuff, uh, salty stuff, uh, toasted stuff, so that's yang food, and uh, if you have uh, a lot of people have cravings for sweets or mm. for alcohol because alcohol essentially is a liquid sugar so a lot of people have uh, cravings for those for extreme yin foods because they eat a lot of extreme yang foods such mm. as a steak or uh, cheese uh, a lot of baked foods uh, chips so there is in order to stop craving for extreme yin let's say alcohol in this case we need to look what extreme yang foods we eat uh that uh trigger our desire to balance ourselves out uh and uh we crave uh extreme yin right Mm -hmm. so and even like you can uh, see um because that's um our uh the way our body is trying to balance itself so if you eat extreme yin there is it's like physics you know mm-hmm. the body will crave extreme yang food to stay balanced but that's living on the edge we want to teach people to eat balancing food and uh once you eat balancing food you will not get those cravings um or this it's like pendulum swing mm. you know you mm-hmm. drink alcohol and then next morning you wake up you want like um, a
0: lot of like sugar something coffee. salty exactly um, you,
1: you know depends depends usually I, I don't know in which country and i don't drink but i know in like russian-speaking countries people drink vodka at night and in the morning they wake up and they drink um uh, uh like uh brine from fermented um from pickles mm-hmm. from fermented um fermented cucumbers so they drink that salty brine because salty brine is extreme uh yang and alcohol is extreme yin so th- that's uh, their way to balance themselves out and um um yeah so like let's say balancing foods will be like uh grains uh legumes and vegetables so if people eat mainly that way there will be no need for them to crave all these extremes but if you eat extremes there is no way for you to uh not to crave them because body is smarter than you are Mm. and sometimes i get clients who tell me oh you know um i really want to uh become vegan and i um Uh, want to stop eating, uh, meat or fish or like animal products. Uh, I said, okay, tell me your diet. And then she tells me I eat meat, fish, and I really like it with my wine. or like alcohol. I said, listen, uh, if you drink alcohol, your body will crave, uh, another because alcohol is extreme. It will crave another extreme. So for you, in order to stop eating, um, meat you can't just you know let go of one extreme you need to let go of both of them mm-hmm. A- and that's how the body will start craving otherwise it will you know otherwise it's like it's impossible and so that's first dynamic we call it yin and yang dynamic we eat extreme uh, food uh, from one spectrum and then due to pendulum swing effect uh we crave the opposite one to balance ourselves out Mm -hmm. and uh you know i'll tell you a very interesting story i was in italy once like i don't remember maybe like seven years ago and we stayed with local people mm-hmm. and um, with the italians and they were very kind and they made a uh, heavy italian dinner which was pasta some cheese sauce some um what is called shrimps and stuff and i don't actually at that time i was vegan mm-hmm. a kind of strict and i don't eat that type of food but um if you know italians uh you know it would be very uh, insulting to say and especially you know they uh, they were hosting us so it would be an insult to say oh i'm sorry i can't i'm vegan i can't eat pasta i can't eat cheese sauce i can't eat shrimps so i decided to open my mind a little bit mm-hmm. and uh not to tell them sorry i can't eat it and uh you know so i decided to eat And we stayed with them two nights. So first night I ate uh, their um, food and I felt very heavy and was really hard, uh, just like was really weird uh, feeling in my mind and in my uh, stomach. And they also had wine that that night, but I said no to wine. I I, I thought I can't be too open minded tonight, Mm -hmm. just like um, meal is fine. Okay, so I felt heavy and weird. So next day, there was our second and last night, they made similar dinner
0: mm-hmm.
1: and had cheese and everything, and they offered wine. And for some reasons, I decided to say yes to wine. So I had their dinner and I had wine. And guess what? I felt much better mm. because the uh, imbalance helped um, because the Uh, The meal was quite heavy on the extreme side and the wine helped to balance somehow out because uh, the thing is like when you eat balancing a plant-based diet, you will not need, uh, you will not have need for alcohol and it will actually make you feel worse mm. but in that case because food was not the healthiest uh f- food was on the extreme side the alcohol helped to feel more balanced but it doesn't mean that we should eat that way because both are extremes and will create problems for the health in long term wow that was clear
0: that was uh, <laughs> that was quite uh i mean yeah. Because we always think that why is my body is supposed to ask for only that which is healthy. This is how we associate because the body has an intelligence. But what I got out of your answer is like this yin and yang. It's quite uh, interesting how we look at it because it's so true. You know, when you eat a lot of sugar, the next morning you get dehydrated. You want to drink more water. Mm -hmm. and uh, if you eat something super spicy again you want to drink more water because the opposite will help to calm down
1: to balance out yeah because you if you don't answer the call of that craving you will feel worse but if you do answer you feel a little bit more balanced
0: but again we restart the whole cycle so somewhere we have to break exactly
1: exactly exactly yeah so here comes uh into play the second dynamics of cravings and it says, uh, it sounds like this, imbalances perpetuate themselves.
0: Wow, imbalances perpetuate imbalances.
1: Themselves. Wow. fortunately, balances also perpetuate themselves. Mm-hmm. And now let me explain what it is. Crunchy foods create cravings for more crunchy foods. Mm. Let's think uh, the most common crunchy food, chips or like pistachio nuts and things like that. You know, once you start eating them, you cannot stop, right? And crunchy food, especially that extreme, it's. Um, a little bit imbalanced because crunchy food it's not something like that we can have as a main meal. It's a little snack that we can add to our meal. But let's say if we just have a bowl of chips and we're watching TV, and the more we eat of these crunchy chips, the more we want them. So this is a good example of uh, imbalances perpetuate themselves. And also, sweets. Sweets create saving, uh, cravings for more sweets. I remember once was very interesting. I went to a party and uh, uh, uh like house party and the host, she was very sweet lady, actually Indian a lady. It was in Australia and she was super sweet. And I was not hungry at all. I was, I felt, uh, like really good in my body, super balanced, but because she was such a sweetheart and she really wanted me to try her food, she said, okay, I said, but I'm not hungry. She's like, okay, just have a little bit of a dessert at least. And she made some sort of cake, which is totally not my thing. I don't like baked cakes. And it was with some caramel sauce with white sugar, I'm sure. Anyway, and just to, um, to please her, I decided to have a piece of that cake. And remember, I came to the party feeling perfectly balanced and perfectly satisfied um, within. So I have a piece of that uh, cake. It was very delicious. Don't take me wrong, but it was loaded with white sugar and white flour and stuff. I take a piece of it, and guess what? Five minutes later i asked for another one and i'm sitting there and i just i can't i can't believe like i, I was not hungry i was feeling fine why i had one piece and now i want another piece the lady was also surprised she's like you weren't even hungry but this is the uh the example of uh sweets create cravings for more sweets mm-hmm. the same for caffeine like you know all these um imbalances uh uh, create that or like salty food and things like that but again as i mentioned that fortunately for us balances also perpetuate themselves and uh you know the more balancing food you eat um The bigger part of your diet, it becomes the more balancing you will uh, get and you will not uh, naturally, you will not crave uh, uh, those imbalancing foods. Mm -hmm. So it's quite interesting. That's why we drink alcohol once and then we want more and we want more and we want more. And it's like that vicious cycle that we can break only with starting uh, eating, balancing plant based diet on a daily basis. Mm
0: -hmm. That's so interesting how you put it. Now, imbalance perpetuates imbalance. Now, you know what we say, going from imbalance to balance, you have something called Uh withdrawal symptoms. Like, uh, let's say I am used to taking a lot of sugar with my coffee, a lot of sugar with tea, and then suddenly, or let's say somebody is used to taking like two, three glasses of wine every night. And then suddenly, when they stop that, they suddenly the first few days they say no i'm not able to sleep at all or you know when i'm not eating sugar i'm getting headaches Uh, Mm -hmm. these are some of the symptoms that they claim so i cannot handle that and i have to so i tell them maybe you have to go through that but no i cannot go through that so can we do something to minimize this side effects of getting out of it so Mm -hmm. how would you what are the substitutes that you recommend
1: yeah, so I like that you said to minimize uh, mm-hmm. the side effects or the withdrawals because to avoid them is uh, kind of impossible. That's uh, the price you pay it, to
0: come out of that pattern.
1: <laughs> exactly, exactly. And it takes a lot of willpower. But uh, the thing is, if you go cold turkey, then uh, the withdrawals are quite strong and it's really really hard to deal with it because the body is very smart and it will create these cravings to balance itself so what i know even though cold turkey um You know, and just going cold turkey and quitting it uh, in all day may work for some people, but, you know, it takes certain personality to do that. For most of people, it doesn't work and it's very drastic for the body because body is relying on those foods. So I usually offer people to uh, get off their um, um, addicted food like sugar or coffee slowly and gradually. Let's say if it's... uh, a coffee addiction i first try uh i first tell them please switch let's say if you drink just uh, coffee uh, switch to black tea first then to green tea and then to herbal tea because sometimes for some people it's also you know it's also um very interesting um What we like about uh, that craving or that addiction, let's say in coffee, what you like about it, you like the taste of it because Mm -hmm. it's bitter, Mm -hmm. uh, considering it's no milk, no sugar coffee, or you like that it gives you energy. Or you just like because I was working with people who I, I could get off coffee quite easily because for them coffee was just the ritual. The taste was okay. They could deal um, without it, but they really liked that ritual to have a uh, cup of hot coffee and work like online. You know that was their thing. So for in that that case. Uh, you can, uh, there are really great substitutes for uh, coffee that have a bitter effect that are actually quite healing. They have a strong yang effect, but healthy yang effect on our inter- um, gut. And uh, um, it can be chicory or roasted barley drink or um, dandelions mm-hmm. uh, dandelion root uh, in the united states we have it uh, dandy blend i think it's called it's amazing it tastes very similar to coffee it's bitter but it has no side effects it doesn't uh, agitate your nervous system but it has that nice bitter taste that sometimes people uh, crave coffee for and it's totally healthy to drink it and you can drink it with like uh, nut milk if you like mm-hmm. uh, ideally no sweetener but um yeah so slowly slowly you just reduce the amount of caffeine and then if that's the bitter taste that you really like because in ayurveda you know how important it is to have uh all tastes and bitter taste is one of those states that tastes that really lacks in western diets. so that's why people in the west are obsessed with coffee and with uh chocolate Mm -hmm. um but if they add i noticed if they add more bitter leafy greens like mm-hmm. kale and others uh the cravings uh, for uh, uh, unhealthy uh, sources of bitter taste will diminish naturally and so and actually uh i uh, i wanted to uh, tell you something about the cravings there are two types of cravings um the first one so we we looked at two dynamics of cravings and there are two types of cravings Mm -hmm. uh two main ones the first one is intense cravings Mm -hmm. and uh those are cravings that if left unsatisfied will disappear you know just and the reason can be like maybe psychological or let's say you are getting off something Mm -hmm. and you are not having it for a while and then you start like you're trying to get off cheese right and then from time to time you decide to have it but that's actually we get that craving when that um uh, like food leaves the body i don't know if that makes sense but Mm -hmm. uh, it usually disappears quickly and if uh, you know the best way to deal with it those occasional cravings it just um, get yourself uh, busy or like leave your house if let's say you may have it in your fridge uh, because your partner still eats it or your husband Uh, like get yourself out of the house or get yourself busy or just try to get away from it but if the craving persists It means it's something that your body really needs. And again, um, there is um, comes the second type of cravings, persistent or recurrent craving. And that one is caused by actual need. Mm -hmm. Oh, actually, the first type, when people go on a water fast or um, some sort of fast, sometimes they during the fast, they start um, having cravings for different uh, unhealthy foods Mm -hmm. and that's uh, exactly first uh, type of craving, intense craving. It just as the body is eliminating those foods from the body, it may start craving, and it's best not to give in and continue. Let's say with your fast um, protocol. So uh, the persistent craving is actually something that we need to uh, look at, and uh, I like to use chocolate for this example. Mm-hmm. So you uh, like chocolate and you uh, crave it persistently like on daily basis or every other day, but you don't want to eat it and you decided to cut it out of your diet. Mm -hmm. For one day you are good and then on the second day you still crave chocolate. So in this case, I want you to take a moment and consider what it is about the chocolate that you crave. And it also depends on what kind of chocolate it can be milk chocolate or dark chocolate. So essentially, especially when it's milk chocolate, um, it is uh, chocolate is uh, concentrated fats and sweets. Mm-hmm if it's dark chocolate it also that bitter taste that we may lack so when you uh pause for a moment and try to see what that you really crave from this chocolate is it the sweet taste or it's the fat um that you are craving Mm -hmm. and then you want or maybe that if it's dark chocolate it's the bitter taste so you want to break down uh your craving into this like little elements and see which one um, exactly you are craving and then find a healthier substitute for it let's say if it's fats that you are craving or fatty food uh and i know actually that happened to me but it wasn't chocolate i just um, once i switched to vegetarian and vegan diet i was craving uh raw food Food cakes that are mainly made with uh, nuts and dates. And I'm not like, I don't have sweet teeth, but on a vegan diet, I kind of developed them. And then I realized that when I want that piece of raw cheesecake, I actually want the fat from the nuts.
0: Mm. So once
1: I realized that, I just uh, implemented more nuts and more uh, healthy fats, like avocado uh, in my diet. And it did the trick. So I was not craving the uh, cheesecake the raw cheesecake any longer and um yeah if it's dark chocolate that you crave uh of course there are some uh, types of chocolates that are healthier than others they say raw chocolate is good with uh no, no sugar no milk so maybe from time to time it's okay to have it to get mm-hmm. that bitter taste but also that roasted barley drink um chicory drink that you can get uh, into your diet uh, Mm -hmm. from time to time to get the bitter taste or in ayurveda you guys use um, what is called spices Mm -hmm. right i think for bitter taste and things like that and so once you understand what exactly you need you can really uh, substitute uh, it with healthier options and uh, become more balancing and uh, i think you also asked about how can we substitute uh, like uh cravings for unhealthy things with uh Healthy healthier things. alternatives exactly. Yeah. so let's say one of the most common cravings is cra at least in the west i also you know uh working in the united states is very interesting be- and especially in new york it's a melting pot we have people from all over the world so i noticed that um and i also uh do um healing cooking for different people Mm -hmm. uh and uh, i know let's say if i work with indians it's like i have to cook differently than if i work with japanese people or Mm -hmm. with those who are american you know a few generations Mm -hmm. born and raised in the united states so it's also uh quite interesting that cravings depend on um where you were uh, brought up Mm. and what you're used to. But let's say in the West, uh, for Northern Americans, for Northern Europeans, uh, crunchy is something that they really like. Mm and uh, crunchy texture and crunchy texture is one of the three main textures that we want to have in our diet to feel complete but uh having uh, like chips all mm-hmm. the time is not a healthy thing so how we can substitute it um so we can just add a healthy crunchy foods such as blanched or raw vegetables if that's appropriate for a person mm-hmm. uh like maybe carrot sticks just even to have a few carrot sticks mm-hmm. uh on mm-hmm. your plate will help you to satisfy that uh, cr- um, uh that craving for crunchy food also nuts and seeds will help uh maybe uh, like making some sort of um Granola, depending on when you want uh, crunchy food and oh, depending on your diet, but you can make your own healthy granola. Which I don't never suggest to have granola first thing in the morning. But let's say if you are used to having uh, like uh, corn flakes or whatever that awful thing people eat in the West in the morning, this is like against all the like normal common sense for people who come from the east right Mm -hmm. and uh so when i uh try to switch people from that type of breakfast from uh granola crunchy granola with milk to something healthier let's say i will teach them how to make uh brown rice porridge or soft brown rice porridge which is like uh where you cook brown rice for a long time and it gets creamy and very nourishing and, and very easy to digest but they may still have that uh feeling for crunchy granola so then uh i teach them how to make a granola and mainly with nuts at Mm -hmm. home. Mm -hmm. And I like to add seaweed and seaweed is amazing because it's high in minerals. And then we just add a little bit of it into their rice porridge and then it does the trick. So uh, they have the crunch and yet their uh, breakfast is nice and nourishing. So that's for the crunchy food, right? For, uh, let's say, poor quality sweets, right? If we crave those, um, one of the things that I found that works uh, really well, adding more grains, but I'm talking about whole grains, uh, like the ones that are unpolished, unprocessed as much as possible. So adding more grains and starchy vegetables helps, and uh, also uh, having more uh, adding corn into their diet if it's organic of mm-hmm. course they say there is no organic food uh, cor- corn left but mm-hmm. because corn is very sweet it's really really nice very satisfying uh for our spleen also really good then cooked onion so when you cooked onion for longer time they become sweet and give that nice um nourishing taste and feeling feels really nice inside um, I mean, as a part of the dish, not just like uh cook, cook, no, or just isolated, onion, yes. Just, mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, not ice. Even I know like in French cuisine, they have this uh, onion soup, but I think it's a little bit too extreme. Um, but anyway, so then uh, cooked carrots or baked carrots, you know, squash or sweet potatoes, add more, more of those in your diet, and then the body will be satisfied with that. Uh, with sweet taste Mm -hmm. and also pureed sweet vegetable soups such as pumpkin um, with ginger and carrot uh that type of creamy soup are very nourishing and in terms of natural sweeteners in microbiotic we really like um to use something that has lower glycemic index Mm -hmm. and uh we suggest brown rice syrup or uh barley malt Mm -hmm. uh, and a few others and in summer um you know to satisfy your sweet cravings you can use fruit uh, but ideally local uh local fruit and of course see if it uh, the thing is all these recommendations are general right and uh let's say for me it's perfectly fine to eat fruit in summer but for some people if their um, gut is not super healthy even fr- raw fruit can be a problem so mm-hmm. please take everything with a pinch of salt as it's a general recommendation that i give and yeah so that helps with uh, poor quality sweets just adding more complex carbs into uh, your diet mm. and um, so let's say then another one is like uh, fatty foods sometimes we crave and that's actually those vegan people uh you know and i was one of them right i, I really wanted those fatty foods and uh, i remember when i was vegan if i would have a uh, desire for fish I would want the fish not because of the taste but because of the uh, fat like mm-hmm. you know uh, the fish oil in it uh, so the reason was um, I just didn't have enough fat so to add more uh, dressings into your diet and like tahini dressing with a white miso paste is amazing or uh, other ones, just like avocado dressing if it's summertime, uh, a little bit, maybe more oil, sesame or olive oil based on which one works better for you, uh, added more to your cooking or salads and uh, it, it can uh, do the trick. And uh, for animal protein, let's say if people decide to get off uh, animal food for health Meat. reasons mm-hmm. or for eth- ethical reasons, yeah. Animal protein, um, they can substitute it with uh, tofu, tempeh, or seitan, seitan only if they are okay with gluten, and other plant-based protein, Um, trying to match the... Ah.
0: Soya? Soya bean?
1: Soya beans, if they are organic, they are fine. If it is Um, non-GMO,
0: you mean if it is non-GMO? Yeah,
1: yeah, if they are non-GMO and... I mean, I hope there are still some organic ones. Yeah, while tofu is quite processed and tempeh is much less processed and it's fermented. So it's much, much healthier than tofu. But let's say if a person for some reasons can't eat animal protein, uh, then tofu can do the trick for some time. Uh, For me, I was trying to get off um, dairy As Mm -hmm. I grew up uh, Mm -hmm. eating dairy, even though it was the highest quality, it was pure. We had uh, I I grew up in the countryside, so Mm -hmm. we had access to fresh raw milk and other things. So I would eat a lot of cheese and uh, sour cream, and I really liked it to get off it. Um, I had to use tofu to mimic the consistency uh, or the texture of the uh, dairy products. So, you know, as something temporary, it's OK. But having tofu and too much of it on a daily basis, I don't recommend. And tempeh would be uh, a little bit better option. if, mm-hmm. And of course, it's if people are OK with soy products. Um Yeah, and also if we use some seasonings when we uh, use this plant-based protein, if we use uh, seasonings that we use with meat or with fish, it also kind of tricks my mind into believing that it's that animal protein. Mm-hmm. but it's actually not and it's easier for the body. And you can make cheeses with uh, tofu also and with nuts if you try to get off cheese because that is very uh, hard uh, addiction to to, uh, to let go of uh, cheese.
0: Yeah, wow. so that's
1: the main ones. <laughs>
0: that's a lot of information. You can actually write a cookbook with this podcast. <laughs> Julia, you were saying that we train our body to what cravings that we want. You know, uh, depending on what we eat, you know, that will decide what kind of cravings that you're going to have. So the yeah. highlight is always be careful what goes inside because always think what it's going to make you crave later. If it's going to make you crave something unhealthy later, then what you're eating is not healthy.
1: Yeah, but it's not like always think. Um, you know, I also. Um, I don't like when people get obsessed with food and what I have to eat and things like that. I want my desire for people is to have free life and, um, you know, have this intuitive uh, eating in their mind or actually have it as a habit where where you listen to your body and you eat accordingly. But the thing is uh, to avoid a lot of extra thinking because we live in our mind, you know, we don't we need to live more in our body and really listen to the body and not to what other people tell us because no one knows better than us what is necessary for us at this very moment Mm. Uh, so from what i understand if you the main thing that people should focus on is trying to eat a balancing plant-based diet and i don't say that you should never eat um, you should never eat animal protein because for some people it can be appropriate whether uh, because of their body constitution Or maybe because animal protein is the only protein they can find in their area, Mm -hmm. you know. So um, but what I'm trying to say, like mainly plant based. So a lot of uh, not a lot, but plenty of uh, vegetables, different types of vegetables, different colors of vegetables, uh, because different vitamins manifest themselves as different colors. That's why we want to have colorful plate and not necessarily in one plate you want to have Mm -hmm. (laughs) rainbow colors maybe too much food uh sometimes it's okay but sometimes can be too much but at least within a day try to have different foods don't eat just only like white or yellow food Mm -hmm. all day long have the variety to get all the uh, the, um, vitamins and nutrients and yeah so if you focus on eating uh, mainly plant-based diet and in macrobiotic we we, the main food groups are whole grains uh vegetables legumes and also soups we encourage people to eat soups uh, they help to digest uh better um they're they're easier to digest and help you to relax Mm -hmm. so if you eat within those uh healthy and balancing food groups the uh, cravings will diminish naturally you know but you need to bring yourself to a point of balance mm. and then from that uh, you uh, you start craving like healthier foods and another thing you want to introduce the, uh, yourself uh, or your body to different tastes so i teach this wellness course it's a one month um uh, a wellness course where i intre- besides many other things that i introduce people to i introduce them to different dishes mm-hmm. and i take some dishes from raw food from ayurveda uh from macrobiotics and then from uh different um parts of the world mm-hmm. right so i introduce them to different flavors tex- and textures so that the their body have uh this memory of these uh, foods because quite often people's diet uh, western people diet is very limited and narrow so uh, but while they tried variety of vegetables uh, and a um, variety of different um, dishes and different styles of cooking now their body knows uh, that you know if you want Let's say if you want something sweet, it's not necessarily that um, chocolate bar that you can get at supermarket. It can be that uh, pumpkin ginger soup that once you made during wellness course. So this is very, very important to broaden our um, uh, menu Mm -hmm. and try all possible and impossible fruit, vegetables, grains, and beans. And uh, so from that perspective, if you crave something, the body will, because you cannot crave something that you've never had before, mm-hmm. right? I know, uh, let's say beets, I really love beets, and in uh, Ukraine, uh, beets, uh, beetroot, sometimes they call it in some countries, beetroot is a big part of our uh, diet and we eat it almost every day and I know some people never have it I know in India you guys don't uh, use beetroot in your diet it right? It depends
0: on which part uh, in South ah. India we, we do like beetroot
1: okay that's good that in the south at least you do have i know on the west part it's not very common in the mm-hmm. north i don't think so much common so sometimes i work with indian people and they're like wow i've never uh, tasted beetroot and then they taste and the taste is so nourish and first of all it's sweet then it's comforting and then it has so many health benefits good for your liver for your blood and they really get hooked on it but just because uh they tried it you know, and uh, ho- hopefully the sweetness of the beetroot will help them to diminish craving for uh, for like, you know, unhealthy sweets. Mm-hmm. So that, that's very important to have that, um, uh, to experience different dishes, tastes, and flavors.
0: Oh, That's quite interesting. See, I think what you're talking about, it sounds to me the best analogy I can give is, you know, let's imagine somebody's overweight and they have never exercised. If they immediately mm-hmm. go and overtrained they can get injured and it will create a lot of problems they have to take it slow maybe the Slowly first day you just do some stretching and then maybe you can do some cardio and then you take it little by little same with yoga you know when you are not moving your body and immediately if you do something intensive so th- I like that part that you, when you said don't go cold turkey because that can backfire and then we might go For back sure. and say that Oh, this is not working for me. I have to stick to this sugar again and again. Uh, uh-huh. whenever, whenever I tried it, I, and that is one of the reasons why people say I'm never able to get into healthy food because they try either cold turkey or they uh-huh. stuck it where they are.
1: Yeah, and it's also important. Uh, I'm sorry It's also important rather than focusing on what we cannot have in our diet. It's like when you go vegan, and I don't like, you know, labeling uh, myself as anything, but some people uh, go hardcore vegan, and especially those who do it for ethical reasons, they decide just one day I cut out all animal products. So, when people decide to become vegan, and especially if it's for ethical uh, reasons, uh, the main thing that they focus on is what they are not going to eat. So, they are not going to eat animal products in this um, case, right? But uh, as a result of it, they may start eating Oreo cookies, they may start uh have all sorts of uh, crazy cravings. They that could have been avoided if they focused more on what they can eat but vegan diet is actually not about what you can eat vegan diet is about what you cannot eat (laughs) Mm -hmm. right so that's why i like microbiotic approach because we focus more on what we can eat and we introduce all these balancing foods into our diet allowing the body to become balanced at first and then to see um and then once we become balanced, we can really listen to our intuition and practice this intuitive eating. Because if you are imbalanced, <laughs> your intuition will be telling you to have, like, you know, if you are I- imbalanced and if you had alcohol, uh, then your intuition will tell you uh, to, uh, to eat like cheese or something salty or whatever to balance itself out, right? Uh, and that would be kind of the right thing because you want to bring your body into a state of homeostasis. From that perspective, it's the right thing. But as I told you, in long term, this will definitely cause damage to your health and will, will create inflammation and all sorts of other things that eventually will end up uh, being a cancer. Oh. That's a accumulation of all the inflammation, and in the body is cancer, actually. Yeah. So uh, rather than focusing on what we cannot eat, let's focus on what we can eat. And I mentioned already the balanced in food groups before. So that's a good start. That's right. And just variety. Yeah, and variety of different cooking styles. Nice to implement and um, cooking style depending on the season and weather and how you feel. So it's important.
0: I mean, it's interesting, you always make it sure, whenever you are craving for something, just find a substitute. If you don't find a substitute, it's going to backfire. Substitution is so important. But just make sure the substitute is something that is going to be wholesome for you, not something that's going to create problems.
1: Exactly. Yeah. If you have already cravings for something that is unhealthy, try to see what is the healthier alternative. That's kind of like, you know, immediate response to the cravings. But as I said, in the long term, just try to switch to balancing diet and then you will not have problems with cravings. However, there is another psychological uh, uh, reason for cravings, especially Mm -hmm. for sweet Mm-hmm. you know when we are not loved when we don't love and uh, that um, you know or when we love that makes us feel sweet and that mm. adds that sweetness to our life but when that is absent then you know we will crave it from food because there are two types of uh foods primary and secondary primary is our relationships with others with ourselves and with the higher self Mm -hmm. and the second uh secondary food is the one that you find in your fridge or like in the garden Mm -hmm. right so if the first food uh Sorry, if the primary food is uh, absent from our life or it's not uh, satisfying, if our relationship um, are not sweet, not nourish and not satisfying, that we will try to compensate with uh, secondary food, we will overeat, or we will have addictive uh, behaviors. We will crave for that sweet to compensate lack of love in our life. So that's also very important uh, to know that sometimes we can have perfectly balanced diet, but we still have those cravings. And so in that case, maybe the reason is in uh, something else, in a psychological aspect that we should look into. So, listening
0: you. to listening to that statement that you made, you know, we crave for sweet because we lack love or we are not able to express love. So. That means the the global diabetic pandemic that we are having is some, a sign of there's a lack of love in the whole community consciousness.
1: <laughs> perhaps, perhaps 50% of it can be um, eliminated with just having those loving relationships. Mm-hmm. Um, you know and again it's not only with others it's also with yourself and Mm -hmm. with the higher self you know whether you call it god universe or things like that so and sometimes we think oh i'm not loved and we're trying to find problem in other people why they don't love us Mm -hmm. but it's never other people it's always ourselves Mm -hmm. so we need first to love ourselves and then we need to start giving love to others and it can be anything and it's all about giving you know giving someone a smile helping someone you know you can express your uh, love in different ways you can go to an orphanage and work with children or donate money to children whatever is best for you but that generates so much love within you and then you become love and then you attract love and then people see love in you and it's that creates that energy circle and you know when you are Actually, it's very interesting, like if you think of yourself when you were in love really like deeply, you know, or if you do something that you really love, you actually forget about food, you forget to eat. Like, you know, when we're children, when we do like play our games with our friends outside, we're so happy. Our parents has to, uh, have to remind us. Uh, hey honey please come back home you haven't Mm -hmm. eaten anything today Mm -hmm. you know because we're so into it because or if you're let's say you fell in love you met this girl she's beautiful all your thoughts are about her you're talking to her you don't want to eat you don't want sweets you don't care you are you become love you know and that's the primary food that we all need
0: okay so that's another substitution fall in love if you're craving you
1: <laughs> yeah fall in love to get to cure diabetes <laughs> i love it gosh <laughs> you know what's funny in ukraine like about 20 years ago we had this campaign so uh, the government wanted to stimulate uh, childbirth mm-hmm. and uh, they would put these uh, huge uh, billboards all over the country and they would say, quite funny, I- I'm sorry if it's inappropriate for mm-hmm. Indian culture, but it's totally fine. So they would say, um, they put like, let's say a picture of... Uh, of a pianist or like mm-hmm. musician, or a pianist, right? Big picture, and they say, make love, the country needs more uh, musicians. Mm. Or um, a picture of cosmonaut and say, make love, the country needs more cosmonauts. Or a picture of a doctor, make love, the country needs more doctors. So it was quite funny. And now it got me thinking, we should say fall in love to, um, cure diabetes. So we, to cure diabetes <laughs> or something like this <laughs> that would be amazing campaign right <laughs>
0: yeah.
1: and have people falling in love with themselves and then with each other
0: <laughs> yeah, when you're saying that you know i was remembering in india because we have a population explosion because we have yeah, over yeah. A billion we have
1: opposite problems from ukraine <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> we need to merge two countries <laughs> to, <laughs> to create balance right <laughs>
0: In, <laughs> in India, we had this thing because, in order to control the population explosion, the government what they did was they started giving free televisions to many homes. So there'll be more entertainment. That'll be a substitution. We're <laughs> so just trying to understand how substitutions can change some of our behaviors. So it's all about Absolutely. finding healthy substitutes. And do exactly. you do you do you talk about? cravings journal i heard about cravings journal. i even tell people to write down what are they craving for so is there something that you are aware of
1: uh what is the exact question of to write down what you yeah like cravings
0: journal you know some doctors they Ah. recommend uh, write down what you're craving and why are you feeling this and what are you trying to get out of this does that yeah yeah, i think
1: I think it can be helpful because you will become more mindful. Mm-hmm. You know, for me, I don't need to write a journal because I'm very quick now. I'm like well-trained. I know, okay, if I, uh, let's say, crave coffee for me most likely it would be because i don't have enough bitter taste mm-hmm. so for me it's like automatic process in my mind because i have those uh what is called n- neurological chains mm-hmm. How do I say that mm-hmm. yeah th- those connections in my mind so i know but for people to develop that type of thinking maybe uh at first they need to write down it in a journal let's say uh i want to or uh, i i crave dessert after dinner uh-huh. okay so the thing is if your food is bad if your meal was balanced you will not crave dessert but of course if you had steak uh because it's extreme yang you mm-hmm. will crave either dessert or a glass of wine or some other alcohol to balance yourself out so you can start but of course it needs a little bit more knowledge mm-hmm. and i teach about that in my wellness course so people understand it better but of course there's uh plenty of information Uh, you can find online and uh, learn about it. Yeah, so at first, I think it's a nice practice. So you become more mindful and Mm -hmm. try to see, uh, once you write it down, you can see what caused that craving, you know? Mm -hmm. And uh, yeah, I think it's totally fine, but it's something that you should not rely on for the rest of your life. Only in the beginning, you do that to become more mindful and to try to understand. And then later, you just... uh, do this like calculations in your mind. You know, because we don't want to depend on writing anything. And again, it's okay to have cravings. Like, mm-hmm. even though let's say my diet is pretty balanced. And again, sometimes I can like the other day I was craving coffee. I'm not even a coffee lover. I had coffee only a few times in my life, but I realized because I didn't have enough leafy greens in my diet lately, because mm-hmm. I had no chance to buy them. It's a little bit, you know, complicated in Bali at the moment, uh, for me. So I wanted something better. I was like, um i wanted coffee i'm like oh this is not the coffee this is the bitter taste that i lack because due to lack of uh leafy greens like kale in my diet so that type of thing so healthy people can have cravings it's not a bad thing it's as i told you it's uh, the way our body communicates with us and it's nice not to ignore them but again to break down and like oh what exactly about this thing i um I because i also could go and have a cup of coffee but the effect would be it's a stimulant for the body it's not good for our uh, intestinal floor because it has acidic effect on the body and all sorts of other side effects um yeah so <laughs> oh,
0: that's quite interesting i mean how can people get to know about the course if they want to enroll for this could you uh...
1: um yeah they can go on my website it's juliamonosova.com and uh they can click on the course tab i have two i offer two courses detox okay. course uh, which is 12 day program online mm-hmm. and another one is one month uh long it's like four week uh wellness course where we go a little bit deeper and i uh you know i used to teach only wellness um course and like nutrition but i realized that adding detox and gentle types because uh, gentle kind because you know when it's online a, a person is not next to me i can't have full control that's mm-hmm. why everything is very gentle we just do one day water fast as a part of that uh, program and we uh, have special menu for a week uh so it's quite gentle and yet it's very efficient and i realized that when you combine detox practices with a healthy eating it's much more efficient because detox helps to cleanse our uh or to clean our digestive system a little bit and to purify our tastes and also helps to restore our microbiome which mm. is a very cool thing but i'm not gonna go into it now because then we will never end <laughs> but microbiome uh, is something like absolutely amazing and uh, so fasting helps with healing it a little bit and making it a little bit healthier uh so then the whole uh healthy eating gets easier and more efficient and Mm. it works faster. So that's the reason why I offer two programs. And I'm in uh, the process of creating my third program, which will be um, focusing more on cooking different dishes, as I mentioned before, to get a taste of all these like different uh, flavors, textures, uh, textures and tastes and things like that, just to introduce the body to that variety.
0: Wow, fantastic. I will definitely include all of these in the show notes so people can find you and, you know, they can enroll for your course. Thank fantastic. You. I really appreciate the work that you do in helping people, you know, find their own health through healthy food. I think food is one of the most underrated aspects of therapy that we have today and people are just waking up to that
1: yeah 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 and you know this year has been so significant in that way i've had so many people reaching out Mm -hmm. uh, for help because they finally started realizing that food is so essential it's based for our health Mm -hmm. and just by uh shifting our um, dietary habits uh, and shifting to healthier and balanced diet like the whole thing can change we can heal Uh, uh, disorders that doctors cannot because western medicine while it's uh, excellent in um, treating trauma or injury it's quite well uh, Mm -hmm. uh, yeah yeah in emergency situations but when it comes to chronic diseases it's uh, you know it just masks symptoms Mm -hmm. Uh, and uh, because uh, you know people uh, think if they take a pill they and the symptom uh, disappeared. they heal themselves. No, they heal themselves only when there are no pills and no symptoms in mm. the body. But if you take pills until the rest of your life, as let's say with high blood pressure, doctor will put you on the pill, on the medication, and you have to do it till the end of your life. That's not curing, it has nothing exactly. to do with curing. Curing is when your blood pressure becomes normal, and, uh, you know, and you don't need to use any medication or nothing for it. And lifestyle is like high blood pressure is one of the easiest things to 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 heal with uh, changing your lifestyle exactly. and uh, diet.
0: That's why in Ayurveda we have this statement. If your food is correct, you know, if the food is wrong, no medicine can help you. If the food is correct, <laughs> you don't need any medicine because that itself exactly.
1: is... The exactly you know the healthiest people on earth live in blue zones mm-hmm. and in blue zones there are no doctors mm. and they are the healthiest and they live the longest so in blue zones have no doctors but of course they have a healthy lifestyle and they are quite isolated from uh from modern society so they are quite they live in a pure environment uh yeah but there is no doctors and they are much healthier than ours no dentists nothing
0: (laughs) (laughs) thank you so much julia it was really a fantastic interview i really enjoyed i'm sure many people could get a lot of inspiration from this and keep doing the great work that you do thank you so much
1: thank you thanks for having me